Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host Ashton Overholt. Ashton, how are you doing today? It's going to be a long offseason, guys. I'll just be real with you. Um, <laughs> doesn't it feel like the national championship was forever ago? Um, just with everything that's happened between now and then, it's a long offseason, man. <laughs> we had a Saturday without football, um, or without yeah. college football, I guess. There was playoffs on. I didn't watch, but there were playoffs on. Um, it's going to be a long off season. That's yeah, it's, it's the reality and just something you have to, um, come to grips with it. It's, it's here. Off season's here. That's right. Well, we were, I think we said last week, we we're going to maybe do our way too early top 25s yeah. this week, but then Nick Saban went and retired. So I think tonight right. we're just going to talk about all the coaching things that have gone on and then we'll push that back another week. So first of all, this starts with Nick Saban retiring last Wednesday, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Ashton, what were your initial thoughts when you saw that happen? Oh, okay. So (laughs) as someone who's like, I'm an SEC guy, um, right? The, (laughs) it felt really nice to finally see him go. Just like a a part of me was, it was very nice to see him go. Um, The the two things are true. He will go down as the greatest college football coach of all time. I don't think anyone's really particularly close. And I don't know if anyone's going to get close in the coming years. Like what he did was wild. Um, and I, I just don't, they, they don't make people like him. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah. Like even the people that he has taught and people that are now having success, like Kirby smart, having success at Georgia. Um, he owes a lot of that to learning from Saban. And learning right. the process and learning how to be looking for edges all the time and learning how to be just a killer recruiter. Um, and yeah, like he, it's the, yeah, Kirby is the, he's the young version of Saban, but Saban's the original, like Saban's the guy who came up with the program, you know, like there wasn't really no Saban before Saban. So um, yeah, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for what he did and mm-hmm. the way that he did it multiple ways. He won titles with defense and running. For like he didn't have good quarterbacks for a long time. And I yeah. think like recent history has kind of jaded people. There were people that there were analysts um and people like professionals that were paid to commentate on the sport that said that Nick Saban's career was over because he couldn't adapt with the times. He couldn't change into the pass happy, um, yeah, the, like the new age offense. And he did that. And then like we saw him this past year kind of go back to the old, like it was really cool, like how he could do it different ways with so many different coordinators that had left. So I have a ton of respect for him, but man, it's good that he's gone. Like, we'll just be real with you. It is really nice that he's not there anymore. Um, yeah. As, as a Georgia fan, this, this sets up wonderfully for us. And uh, yeah, it's, I was happy to see him go like that. Doesn't, I, I mean, no disrespect in any way. I was happy to see him go. I think for me, obviously I'm not quite as close to this as you are. Um, I'm a little more neutral on, on this. I, I think it's kind of nice to see him leave when you could still argue he's at more or less at the peak of his powers. We don't, we don't have to see 82 year old Joe Paul you know, on the sideline doing nothing, right. just being the figurehead, right. which was fine in its time, I guess. But 
I don't know that anybody wanted to see Nick Saban go out like going nine and three several years in a row or whatever. Like that, this feels like it was maybe the right time. Is it maybe too that you look at how many assistants had left his program and he did a remarkable job at being able to just stack in a new one? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you ever want to look at how great Nick Saban was, I leave the football player recruiting to the side and just go look at the 2015 coaching staff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, like there's like there's head coaches all over it. And the the ability, okay. I'll, let's just run through it. We have to go through it. The offensive coordinator was uh, Lane Kiffin. Defensive coordinator was Kirby Smart. The um, Glenn Schumann was a GA. Dan Lanning, I believe, was also a GA on that staff. <laughs> um, th- those were graduate assistants, right? Not paid positions at that time. Those were un- like, yeah, Dan Lanning was just unpaid posi- um, uh, coach. Offensive line coach, Mario Cristobal. The defensive line coach was um what's the guy from Texas that LSU hired? Um oh, you, know, uh, you know who I'm talking about. Bo, yes. Um he was he was the the defensive line coach. And like that's that's say that was that was a coaching staff. Like what are <laughs> what are we talking about? Like that's that's incredible. Yeah, just just how you can just accumulate so many great coaches on one staff and and he he did it so many times. And I you think you mentioned the, like Billy Napier was also on that staff and Mel Tucker. Napier. Mel Tucker was on there too. And, I left yeah. Mel Tucker and Napier. They they are head coach. Like they went on to success after that. Um, but yeah, then they also kind of <laughs> fell fell down a little True. after that. But uh yeah, I did leave those off. What was the was it um Bo Davis was yeah, the was right. the uh the defensive line coach. Yeah, it's that that is really cool how he did that. And I think some of the reason why he retired and you mentioned kind of going out on top because he is, I mean, he was an SEC champ this year and did maybe his best coaching job ever. That, that team was, was disheveled after four weeks, they were not really good. And he, he did a really good job this year. And I think he had to, because I don't think he really trusted his coordinators. And this is a point I kind of wanted to get into a little bit. So many schools are hiring Alabama assistants and, and Saban assistants and Alabama, when they needed one, did not hire one. Isn't that like, is that telling? I, I don't even really know what to make of it because you look at, okay, look at it. Who is really successful this year? Like George has been really good. Ole Miss has had a resurgent resurgence. So has Texas, all of those were, were Saban, like either they, either assistants or he kind of brought in, in Stark's case and Kevin's case, he kind of brought him back from the dead. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, from, from coaching purgatory and gave him a second chance, but like they were tutored under Saban and, and, and to not go hire one, I thought was kind of telling. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if Saban loved the staff that he had there right now. I think it got harder and harder to replace those, those assistant coaches. And I, I do think that was probably part of the reason why he left when he did, because it's not the talent on like player wise, they have a a while. I mean, it's the, the, the that's the most talented team that's ever been assembled from just like a a, a stars perspective, right? Like since we've been calculating mm-hmm. um, recruiting, like this this football team is crazy. But I do think it's the coaches. I think he kind of I think it wore him out. I think this year wore Saban out a little bit. 
So all you're saying, what you're saying basically is one year with Tommy Reese as his offense coordinator was enough to drive him to retirement. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kidding a little bit, obviously. It's not exactly what you said, but it does feel like some of his coaching hires the last while haven't been quite as good. Um, and I, I mean, to me, I think that maybe for me, the larger point I, I feel is just the direction the sport is going. We've talked about the ridiculous calendar in, in the sport right now. You have to constantly be recruiting high schoolers, your own players to keep from going in the portal and other players who are in the portal or whatever. Yeah, there's just – it's really difficult to be a college football head coach right now if you want to win at the highest level. And, hey, when you're 72 years old and you have generational wealth, I can totally understand why you'd want to just kind of be done with that. Part of it, too, is – like legend status too. I I think sometimes coaches take away from them from their their legend status a little bit when you coach too long. Um, yeah, I, I do Bowden think kind of got pushed out at the end almost. Right, right. I mean that's kind of a like that's it's sad, but it is kind of true. I mean the same thing did happen with Paterno, kind of like he kind of got shoved out a little bit on the end. Not that Penn State didn't have quite the decline, but I mean it was a it was a mess there, right? right. And in in Joe Paul's last last few years, he was pretty much just a a figurehead really he wasn't really making the pulling the the uh the levers anymore but yeah i i do think it's good to go out when he did um and and i like he's going to be remembered forever like start building the statues now he probably actually has he does have one already there on campus but right. yeah it's good for him um incredible run too yep. like we can we can just kind of come and and admire what was what he's done the last i mean since 2007 and and the yeah how many how many big time coaches and programs he beat and then well one more thing and this this may be a, it might feel a little bit unfair but do you know how many big time programs and coaches that he drove into the ground and forced <laughs> them out like think yeah. about it just a little bit guys that he made quit like mm programs that Auburn is not like Auburn has never really been the same since he's got there. Like he, he, he pushed people to such a level to try to keep up that they eventually kind of disintegrated. Um, Urban Meyer, classic example, Urban Meyer is a really, really good football coach. He could not keep up with Saban. And, and he's even admitted like, that's who we held ourselves to. Like we held ourselves to the Saban standard and like, we couldn't, we couldn't keep up. And, and I think he's, yeah, I think Saban's done that to a lot of guys, like guys that won championships. Um, and he, like, just his work ethic and, yeah, like, just being – he's just relentless. Like, on yeah. on the, whether it was on the trail, whether it was, yeah, getting new assistant coaches in, um, always looking for an edge scheme-wise. I, I He was relentless. I think that's probably the, one of the best words to describe him. One of our favorite episodes we do every year is the program rankings. Alabama would have been number one in that for – 10 years in a row, maybe. I mean, for his yeah. first season there was 2007 yeah. and his last yeah. season, 2023, every other season in between those two seasons, they were ranked number one in the country at least once. Like, and, and they had what seven or eight consecutive number one recruiting classes. And it was just, yeah, the kind of run we just witnessed is, is really quite insane. And I'm not sure that we'll ever see anything quite like that again, six championships and, 12 years or whatever it was is just ridiculous at the college football level. Do we, 
like where does Bama go from here? Just to kind of pivot off of that, mm-hmm. like that was the next my my first thought when I saw it was like, oh my goodness, he's gone crazy and then it was like you spent about 20 seconds thinking about it and then about 20 like that 20 second mark you're like okay now who are they gonna hire oh my like this could really start a whole domino effect and then like it kind of did the question i have was kalen DeBoer alabama's first choice <laughs> or did they actually go knocking on everyone else's door and get told no what four times i guess yeah, there's two different narratives out there, and different people want you to believe either one of the two. The one is the one is that they wanted Dan Lanning, they wanted uh, Sarkeesian, Steve Sarkeesian, and they wanted Mike Norvell, and all three of those said no, took the money with bigger extensions or whatever, and they ended up with Kalen DeBoer. The other theory out there is that well, Jimmy Sexton, who is the agent of all four of these head coaches he used this whole situation to get raises and extensions for the other three guys but but they really wanted Kalen DeBoer all along I was going to ask you which which one you buy into more I think I probably buy into Dane Lanning at least was probably the first choice um just because like you mentioned he had been at Alabama before he has been he's kind of the new just ridiculous, tireless recruiter. Um, right. in, a, in a lot of ways, he is like his predecessor at Oregon, Mario Cristobal, but maybe actually a good game day coach, <laughs> which is yeah. a big deal. Like, yeah. And, you know, a guy like Lanning, he probably could have more or less continued the top three classes in the country every single year. I think he could have, re- he could have probably kept that up. No um, doubt. No I don't doubt. know that he would have been quite the i mean what are we talking about like he wouldn't have won six titles in 12 years um you could make an argument though that that would have been the probably the best choice i don't know if i buy that completely i think kalen DeBoer is a really good hire i I don't know that the recruiting will be quite the same but man that guy has won a lot of games when he didn't have the most talented team on the field okay the the first question you asked me was you know you know did did they actually did Alabama actually get told no three different times yeah I don't think they ever offered Sark I don't okay I don't think they ever offered Norvell I do think that Lanning was the first choice and I think that Jimmy Sexton is going to make a ton of money from 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 shopping everyone's names around right right I think that's and I don't think he's quite done yet either by the way he might have a few more. Um, up his sleeve yet before this is all said and done. So you kind of but, agree with what I was thinking is maybe Lanning so. was the first choice, but DeBoer might've been number two. I, I think DeBoer was number two. I, I think, okay. I, I, I do believe that they back channeled and maybe talked to Sark and just, Hey, what do you think? Feelers, like, yeah, any sure. idea? And I think it was fairly, and maybe even Norvell too. Mm-hmm. Nor, like they, th- those two coaches made it fairly obvious that, you know, like I'm, I'm good here. And so th- there was no, you know, official like offer. Um, I do think that they pursued landing pretty hard and and then went with DeBoer. To the to the second part, th- okay, the recruiting is going to take a large drop off. Like to to even compare DeBoer with with Saban is ridiculous. Like, like, yes, it's going to drop off. And 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 maybe that's okay. Like, like maybe you're just normal again. 
you know, like, like this, the, the run that they've been on is, is wild. And, and one thing I don't like is I don't like the narrative that, that college football changing, it, it changed too much. And we pushed Saban out like Saban didn't, he didn't want Saban was dominating in recruiting. Like he was yeah. the, the best at it. No one has been better than him the last two years, three years. Like I, so like the whole thing that like, oh, he's going to struggle. And like we put NIL in so that Saban couldn't dominate. He was kicking everyone's butt with NIL. Like it didn't matter. Like he right. was dominant in recruiting. So I, I I don't really like that narrative a whole lot. Um, you, you could say that he didn't like some of the rule changes maybe with And I, I might kind of agree with you a little bit. I think the portal, yeah, maybe it was just too much work and maybe he was just like, maybe he's like, I'm, I'm just going to retire. Like I, I'm just kind of done with it. So yeah, sorry. That was kind of a side tangent, but yeah, it's something that I, it did kind of irritate me with. I, I saw, I heard a lot of that narrative out there that um, yeah, Saban kind of like, he didn't like the portal and NIL. And so he, he, you know, he transferred out because he, you know, he couldn't keep up anymore. It's like that. Well, I think there's a difference between saying truth. he couldn't keep up anymore and saying that maybe he didn't enjoy that part of it because it made, it added that much more to the job. And when you're 72, like yeah. you don't want to have to work that many extra hours, even if you're really good at it, even if you are the pest in the right. country at it. Uh, I agree with that. I, I think that like he could have still dominated if he wanted to. He just decided I've, you know, I've dominated for 20 years now. Like I'm, I'm okay. I have enough. I'm fine. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to go hang out, you know, at my lake house a lot more. And right. like that, that I think that's what happened more than like, oh, he, you know, like he couldn't keep up with all the rule changes because there were some people that said that. And I don't know, that just, yeah. that really, that really bothered me. Um, cause, yeah, I just, I don't think that's true at all. But, um, but back to the point about DeBoer, like, like the changing in recruiting from Saban to DeBoer is it's not going to be fair to compare those two. It's not a right. fair comparison. Like let DeBoer be his own guy. He's he's going to walk in to, I mean, it's it's a loaded roster. If he can keep mm -hmm. even half there, like the, the amount of five stars on the roster are it's it's wild. Like he's going to be able to recruit good, like very, very elite players that he didn't have access to at Washington mm -hmm. or Fresno State or wherever he was before. Like he's going to get really, really good players. And it's also not going to be just the 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 ridiculousness that Saban had going on there for you know 15 years. And and we have to be okay with that. That's that's fine. Like that's going to have to be okay for a bit. Because DeBoer, even at Washington, was not a fantastic recruiter. Like he was good, but he made his money like developing the threes into four stars, you know, and developing the fours into into five stars. And he he, he did a really good job of it. And they're very well coached. But it he's I don't know. Like I do have some concerns about him recruiting. Like that's that's valid. I think that it is okay to have concern because we haven't seen it yet from him. No, I agree with that. I do think though. If he is able to take this very talented roster that he has, maybe he develops a quarterback. Maybe in year number two or three, they're winning a national title. Like, if he's able to do that, that could be what, okay, now Alabama going forward, they're going to just walk into top five classes every year. Maybe not number one seven years in a row. Maybe not number one or number two right. every single year. Right. But I do think if recruits see him getting results right away, which I think the first two, three years, he's going to have an excellent roster to work with, assuming not everyone leaves, which I don't, Correct. it doesn't look like a ton of guys are going to leave. 
if he's able to get quick, immediate results, which he has done everywhere else he's been, I do think we will see Alabama slide into that top five recruiting area. And maybe maybe every once in a while they get the number one class. But the point is, they will still be in that top tier of talent, even if it's not kind of almost their own tier, maybe with Georgia all by themselves, the way it kind of right. has been the last while. I, I think that's fair. And, and I I do feel that DeBoer, with his his coaching acumen, some of the stuff he does like offensively scheme wise, I think is really cool. And they're also just like sneaky physical too. Like they're, they're not really a finesse team, even though they, they kind of get portrayed as such, they have a really good offensive line, defensive line um, at, you know, at Washington, given the talent they had at, they, they performed well. And I mean, they want a playoff game. Like what are, what are we talking about? Like they played in the championship game. He clearly did a good job. He's going to bring a lot of that stuff to Alabama. And I do agree with you. I think that they could have a lot of success in the first year, two years, even three years, like he's going to have a loaded roster if he can retain even some of them. And I, I do think it's a little bit um, like if if one guy does it, it's kind of an anomaly. If two guys do it, it's kind of a trend, you know, mm-hmm. like is is Alabama and Alabama's success because of Saban or because it's Alabama, you know, like yes. and if, and if, <laughs> if he can come. Well, fair enough. True. Like it was a, it was a really nice combination, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. But if DeBoer can have that success and get into the playoff and win some playoff games, maybe even play or win a championship in the next mm-hmm. couple of years, suddenly it, it begins to feel like, no, this is just what we do at Alabama. You know, like this is, this is the program. This is what we've built for 20 years. We are a machine like, and we will continue to do this. So I, I do agree with you. He's going to have an opportunity for success. And he's going to need to have success early. Like those fans will absolutely expect success. And at the end of the day, I think long-term DeBoer will actually be judged on how he recruits. Like it's going, it's not, the scheme stuff is great. That's fantastic. And it's going to work for a while, but how do you continue to recruit? Like what is your class two years from now look like, you know? And I think that will be fairly telling as to whether or not he has long-term success there. I I don't agree with the people that say that just because he's not from the South means that he can't recruit the South. Like Saban and Urban weren't from the South. Urban Meyer were not from the South recruited very, very well. Um, Yeah. Nick Saban, he was, he came from what Michigan state then to LSU um, and he got the sec ties and then the NFL um, which helped him, but he was still a Northern guy and and recruited very, very well. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you can, you can learn to do it, I guess is my point. I think bringing his offensive coordinator, Ryan Grubb, and his receivers coach, Jamarcus Shepard, yeah. I think that's going to be very key. Ryan, Alabama tried to hire Ryan Grubb last year before they eventually gave the job to Tommy Reese. And Jamarcus Shepard is one of the best young receiver coaches in the country. I think he's an upgrade over Holman Wiggins. I think um, Grubb is an upgrade over Tommy Reese. So that will help DeBoer get – this off on the right foot like obviously everyone is probably a downgrade at head coach from Nick Saban but I think Alabama might be upgrading at several other key spots on the offensive coaching staff Um, one coach they did not retain uh, is commonly called uh, T-Rob Traveris Robinson Um, Kirby Smart snagged him Um, DB's coach at Alabama is now going to Georgia pushing Will Muschamp to an off the field role um, which is just wild the amount of talent that Georgia has in their defensive coaching staff as a Georgia fan what was your what was your initial reaction to them poaching T-Rob this is very good for me 
Yeah, this is this is wonderful. I'm not gonna not gonna sugarcoat this. I guess that is sugarcoating it. Um, this was really really good. There is a decent possibility that Georgia flips Caleb Downs, um, and Caleb Downs comes with T. Rob. That that's not confirmed, um, but should be decided at some point tomorrow. Um, even who like who cares? The dudes. Even if Caleb Downs doesn't come, this is a a home run for for Kirby to be able to get him. By the way, Alabama actually just interviewed uh, T. Rob yesterday, trying to bring him back to be the yeah, full time defensive coordinator. And like Kirby was able to keep him at Georgia, um, even though he, he just showed up there, you know, three days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this this is a really nice hire um, to be able to get him. He's going to be a co defensive coordinator, I guess, with Schumann. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, do you say Muschamp is going to off the field? I actually hadn't heard that. He probably is. He's the guy. Yeah, I think he's going to be out. an analyst or something. Probably a very well paid analyst, if I had to guess. Yeah. No. Fair enough. No, I I like that. I'm. Th- yeah. This the guy's in. Uh, it just a. He's a relentless recruiter. Like that's that's what he did at Alabama, and would have been a big get for Kalen DeVore if he could have brought him back to be the DC. Okay, let's move on to kind of the domino effect here. Washington, after losing Kalen DeBoer, deciding not to promote Ryan Grubb to the head coaching job. Sounds like he probably would have accepted it if they had offered that to him. They instead go and get Jed Fish from Arizona, who has done really good things at Arizona. A lot of people have them in their top 10 for next year. That'll obviously change now, I'd have to assume. Um, how would you kind of, what are, your, what are your initial thoughts on the Jed Fish hire without actually throwing a grade out there, per se? I, I like the hire. Like, I mean, Fish did a really nice job, right, at Arizona. Like, as someone who – I watched a ton of Arizona football this year. I really enjoyed watching them. They had a really nice team there. I think the kicker is if he can bring Fafita along and maybe uh, – uh, is it um, – Tedero McMillan, yeah. McMillan, the receiver. Jalen's brother, those, by the way. Is it? Yeah. If he can bring those guys along with him, that's that's huge. Um, yeah, it, I, I like the hire. I, he definitely did a great job building at Arizona. Mm-hmm. And Arizona's financial struggles are well-documented. I'm not talking about just the football program, but like the university is in some, they have some real trouble financially. And in the world of NIL, of having your finances in order, pretty much pay to play really is what we're doing. Going to Washington, which is now going to the Big Ten as well. Yeah. That I mean, that's a big step. I, I think he did a, I think that was a, a wise mood move for Jed Fish. I heard his his uh, exit, like he had a meeting with his Arizona players. It lasted like three minutes. They were not happy. Um, he was pretty much like, peace, I'm out of here. Um, good for him. Good for Washington. Sucks for Arizona, dude. That yeah. sucks for Arizona. This is just the new world we live in. There's now a power to, like, quite frankly, it's, it's the SEC and the Big Ten. They can poach whoever they want from the other conferences for the most part. I mean, you maybe have like a Dabo Sweeney and a, and a Mike Norvell and a Marcus Freeman. Like those are the three programs outside of those two conferences that can compete. Um, yeah, that's about it. And Arizona is obviously not one of those three. Um, let's reckless, recklessly speculate. We've talked a lot okay. about a lot of coaches. Yeah. The one that just won the national title is Jim Harbaugh. Lots of rumors about him going to the NFL. Just interviewed today. We're recording on Monday. Inter- interviewed with the Chargers. Um, maybe yeah. a little bit of Raiders noise as well. Um, what, what what are your spidey senses telling you right now? Like, what, Do you think Harbaugh is at Michigan next year or in the NFL? I, I mean, he's in the NFL, right? Yeah, like, I think so. I mean, that's pretty pe- – people that know – 
and know him and know the program are expecting it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he interviewed the Chargers. Uh, yeah, so that was today. Haven't we haven't nothing's been announced, but I would be just shocked if he's not gone. And because yeah. he's been, I mean, he's been kind of, yeah, he's been kind of le- he's been flirting with the NFL for years, right? Like he took an NF, I mean, he took an, an interview with the Vikings last year, famously on signing day. Um, clearly, like you know what I mean, clearly had his. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he actually got turned down for that job, but he, he clearly wanted it, right? Like he's, he's been he's fishing been... for several years, for sure. Yeah. And and maybe he was using those interviews to gain more leverage with, with Michigan uh, boosters to try to get more money for NIL. That's, I mean, I've heard that theory as well. And I'm, if so good for him, mm-hmm. but it's, it's definitely having an interview on signing day is something that Nick Saban would never Kirby smart would, they would just never do that. And I think it does show you a little bit that that Harbaugh does have his, yeah, he's he's got his eyes on the NFL. I think it's pretty much a done deal, whether it's the Chargers or whether it's someone else. I do think he's gone. Yeah, I would agree with you. It it feels like all it will take is one team offering him a job, and he'll probably take it. I, I do think there's there's been talk of him probably wanting a lot of personnel influence, which you can you can say you know. Yes, the head coach will definitely have personnel influence without actually naming him the GM as well. Like, I, I do think you could pretty easily make that happen um, and then just deal with maybe some conflict of interest down the road. But, I, yeah, I would expect Harbaugh to be in the NFL. J.J. McCarthy, Michigan's quarterback, um, he is going to the NFL as well, um, declared for the draft. Another quarterback that declared for the draft is Cam Ward, and then he decided to go to Miami instead. So he will be the Hurricanes quarterback next year. In my mind, that greatly changes their outlook. They they were looking to start an FCS transfer next year at quarterback or maybe a retread. They didn't have a great quarterback room. They've tried a bunch of different guys over the last several years. Cam Ward feels like a significant upgrade for them. Um, yeah, and if you look at Miami's schedule, it's not exactly daunting. Like Miami might end up being the ACC favorites, <laughs> which feels like it might be a bit much, but they have been upgrading that roster. Um, Cristobal has been doing a good job with that part of his job. Um, And getting Cam Ward is a big deal. His problem has never been accumulating talent. Um, He's, he's really done a great job at that. Um, He's actually an exceptional recruiter and has been for a while. This was a big get and a, a huge area of need, by the way, for Miami they did not have good quarterback options and cam ward is a a veteran guy who has a ton of reps yeah like he's going to be good he's going to have a a a decent year at least i think he's fairly high floor um i i i, I even hate saying that because um at miami miami's quarterback situation it's hard to <laughs> you never know with tyler van dyke you, you think you have someone with a high floor um and it turns out they yeah they can find a way to lower it there at miami so hopefully it works out um, I do think it will. Like I, you mentioned like the schedule kind of, it's favorable. Like we'll go ahead and say it's favorable for them next year. There's a lot of, there is a, a lot of Miami buzz for a team that did not play very well this year. They have a lot of hype going into next year. They will have a lot of hype. Sure. All right. Anything else that we missed? Um, any, any predictions on where Tommy Reese ends up? Oh, I don't have one on Tommy Reese, but if Harbaugh leaves, who does Michigan take? Ooh, because yeah. because there's a common thought out there that um, Kelly Ryan Kelly leaves LSU and wants to go back to the North. Which I like. I don't know if you want. Why would 
yeah, I don't even don't even know what to say about that one. If he does that, okay, then the LSU job is open. That's a whole like, oh my goodness. That's where I was hinting at a little bit with like uh Jimmy Sexton may not be done making money this offseason. That that's who goes to LSU? Kiffin to LSU? He, Kiffin gets rumored for every every job out there. Is the LSU job a better job than Alabama just due to the fact that recruiting is going to be close to the same demographic-wise and you don't have to follow Nick Saban? You just get to have your own job. Like, would you rather have the Al, the, the LSU job than the Alabama job? Um, just something I've been thinking about. Yeah, who knows? My fake money would be on Sharon Moore just being promoted to head coach as the offensive coordinator there and just the kind of the way the season went and him coaching the last several games of the regular season, you know, he, he coached the games against Ohio state and Penn state. Um, they won those games, obviously. And it felt like he was next to Harbaugh. He was kind of the face of the program, even though you could make a very good argument. Jesse Minner was actually the better coordinator there. I think Sharon Moore, in my mind, he would probably be the natural replacement for Harbaugh. It, I have heard a lot of people say that. I, yeah, I I hope that works out. I do like seeing hires internally work out. I do think you kind of have to be careful. Of, yeah, I, I think sure. you have to be careful of that sometimes. I I don't think it's, yeah. I you have to you do. It is important to keep fresh blood moving through. We we do know that for sure. And yeah, I do hope it works out. And Sharon Moore, Sharon Moore how he coached in Harbaugh's absence was admirable. Like he did a really nice job there. I never thought Michigan's offense, which is what he like, he was the offensive play caller. I never thought that Michigan's offense was exceptional at any right. time this year, not against good defenses. They were okay. They were, they were good even sometimes, mm-hmm. but with the talent they had, I never was just blown away with the play calling. Right. I would agree with you. We'll see. Uh, I, I think that most likely, We'll hear about Harbaugh taking a job this week, and we'll probably before we record our next podcast, there will there will probably be a replacement already announced for Michigan. It just feels like these things these things go pretty fast now. So right, yeah, true. All right, anything else, Ashton? Before we wrap this pod up, next week's going to be fun. Trying to mm-hmm. nail down, yeah, the way too early top ten or top twenty five, even I. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck to us trying to get that one right. There's a there's a lot up in the air right now. There's some key questions like your top three in the ACC. How do you rank those in order? Um, the top of the yeah. Big Ten. Where do you rank those three or four programs? Yeah. Big Ten favorite right now is who? I'll let you know next week. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> all right. Thanks everybody for listening. Have a great week and God bless you all. 